Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, banning transgender athletes. Also, the V-Team takes a look at medical marijuana. And another sneaky ethics bill passes out of committee. Open the latch. It may seem harmless, but it's not. All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. to the voice of Alabama politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and I'm joined today by Jonathan Barbie, constable at law and Republican stalwart, Susan Britt, associate editor at APR and research guru extraordinary, Charlie Walker, the pride of the Klan and the assistant to the editors, and New York Times columnist, or, or freelance journalist, yes, I say. Yes, thank you. Good to have you back. Thank you, good all to right. be back. Yeah. Good to have you all. Josh Moon is not with us this week. He has been recording a new podcast. He and David Person are recording a podcast called Alabama Politics This Week. You can get it anywhere where you might find a podcast. His guests this week are Doug Jones, Senator Doug Jones, and a representative from Mike Bloomberg's campaign. Decidedly liberal, right, Susan? It is. Yes. It is. But this the only, it's the only choice for the for liberals in talk radio yeah. in uh, Alabama because everything else is, you know, stalwart, very right wing talk radio. So if you want if you're a Republican, you want to get mad, tune in to Josh's podcast. If you are a, a Democrat and want to be happy, tune into Josh's podcast. He offers something for everyone, Jonathan. <laughs> That's good. All right. So this week, Susan, the uh, Senate committee, health committee passed out, gave a, fe no, the Judiciary Committee mm -hmm. gave a federal, a, a favorable ruling on the medical marijuana bill. They did. Uh, it came out. Now, it came out of committee. It actually passed the Senate last year. So that's not really a surprise that it came out of committee. I mean, it came out, I think, eight to one. Right. There were several amendments on it. You could kind of tell, tell as they were going through it that they were going to pass it. Uh, it looks like a pretty good bill. The problem is going to be in the House. Yeah. Uh, you know, they just, they don't know that they have the votes. I think one of the, the things that we noticed in this bill when we were going over it, Jonathan, is that there are no smokable products. These are all... Uh, ingested products, uh, pills, chewables, that type of thing. They they purposefully banned smokable products. Well, they don't want it to end up, and I'm I, I'm sure this is the reason behind. They don't want it to end up being a lot like California or Colorado or some of the other states where everyone's walking around smoking it all the time. Uh, you know, people are doing it and driving. We um, do know that's the direction this is heading in, obviously. Yeah, anyway. but with so. meta, you know, you can regulate it more with medical marijuana, and it's it's a little stricter. And I think 
they don't want to lead it to that, which is why they're they're making this a just very thin line that, that they're working with. I mean, but them taking away the smokable choice, I mean, that's honestly, I mean, it's been proven to get into your bloodstream faster. So it's supposed to be more, you know, it works better, but they took that away because they're afraid of, like you said, people walking around, you know, high all the time. No, well, like, I mean, they don't already. Like, I, I mean, listen, it, yeah. it's it's valid, and I understand your your standpoint too. But I mean, I've, I've traveled to Colorado, and it, it was good for you. Um, well, but I mean, it it's was legal. Our, it's recreational yeah, it, legal. It was in our face all the time. Yeah. It was almost like it, it was almost like you know they've banned smoking because people don't want it in their face. It was a lot like that up there. There were a lot of people like, whoo, they even have little zones where you have to go smoke it. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I'm sad. Glad to see. They're discriminated against a little bit. Uh, <laughs> like they the probably don't. They probably don't care because they're hot. Yeah, you know, there it's you like, go. Oh man, man, dude, he's just discriminating. It's cool. It's cool. I think it's interesting that it got out. It's going to have a hard time. I think getting out of the house. It had a hard time last time. It failed in the house yeah. last time. I don't remember if it failed in committee or actually on the floor, but I know they knocked it down pretty and, quick. And the problem is, since 1977 or 78. Jimmy Carter promoted this theory that it was a gateway drug. Mm. He was almost ready to decriminalize it. And, and this helps us move into our next subject. Susan, every year, approximately 1,000 Alabamians are arrested <coughs> on marijuana possession mm -hmm. charges. The state spends about $22 million a year mm -hmm. prosecuting a crime that is virtually legal among most of the population right. of the uh, United States. Right. But yet, you know, you've got your opioids, I never can say that, opioids that are prescription that are legal, and we're, but meanwhile, we're filling up our prisons with possession. You know, people are just possessing marijuana. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I think they should maybe change the limits on how much people can have before we actually put them in the judicial judicial system. Well, and, and you know, the argument is that this, again, Jonathan's a gateway drug. We could argue today that mom and dad's prescription mm. oh, drugs yeah. are a gateway drug. Oh, yeah. I don't necessarily think it's a gateway drug. I, I mean, just a lot like alcohol, if you like the feeling that it gives you, it may lead you to do something else. Yeah. You know, um, it's a gateway drug in that sense, but I don't think it's it's like an opioid where it, you have to have it. Yeah. Right. yeah, that was my next point. The biggest gateway drug there is is alcohol, if if it's going to be anything. It's not weed or, or opioids, mm -hmm. but I, I don't see anything negative coming from, you know, just going ahead and legalizing. Well, I've never seen anybody beat their wife or their husband nearly to death when they're smoking weed. I have seen that up close and personal when people are drinking. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, or I, when they're on other more stronger drugs. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But again, uh, I don't smoke it. I don't condemn those who do. I, again, I'm like a lot of Americans. I want to. I, I think it should be legal, taxed, and regulated. Exactly. But that's my opinion. The Alabama legislature probably sees it differently. One of the things that there is a push for outside of the legislature is to do away, Jonathan, with the three strikes you're out, the habitual offender 
part of our law. I, I think it's time to to redo that. Um, there's a lot of people sitting in prison who who may have done something a second or third time, even even if it's a minor crime. You know, and we need to we need to make sure that we don't have just people sitting in prison for something they did when they were younger. Um, you know, and, and things like that. So I mean, I think it's time to to redo this and revisit it, especially with prison overcrowding. I would agree with Jonathan. It's time to put the judges back and let them do their jobs, which is to judge the situation right. because you can't take, you know, a hardened criminal over here who's maybe one of his three is raped and take a, a, a kid over here that's been busted with pot three times. You, that's too totally. You can't equip that. It, 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 so put the judging back in the judge's yeah. hands. Well, the problem is right now you can, you can commit a class A felony and then you can have two priors on maybe minor possession or minor theft and you can go to prison for the rest of your life. That's Without parole. Without parole. We're gonna leave it right there. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Should transgender students be able to switch teams? We'll talk about that next. I'm Charles Barkley. As an impact player on the court in college and the NBA, it was very important for me to make a difference in the game. I feel the same way about decisions made in my home state of Alabama and in our nation. That's why I'm registered to vote. I want to encourage you to be registered to vote and make sure you bring your voter ID to the polls. Let's make a difference. doing today? Um, pleasant game. Thought I'd go out for a drive later, maybe. Text some friends while I'm doing it. Scroll through social media. Kill a family four and a head on collision. Cool, man. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. A lot can change in five years. Except those smile lines you treated with Bellafill because that's about how long Bellafill will keep them smooth and filled. Five years. Now you can always look your best without all those injections, appointments, and costs. Bellafill is the only dermal filler that stimulates and maintains collagen growth long-term. Now time is on your side. back to the V, the voice of Alabama politics. Susan, uh, this past week, two very complex and controversial bills uh, were in the House. And while they are spanning out all th throughout red states, these, are, these bills are being seen in red states everywhere. The first one is to ban transgender students in K through 12 athletics mm -hmm. from playing in a sport that does not match their 
birth identity. Right. Now, I, I understand why some folks have a problem with that. I also don't understand why we have this bill, because there have been no reported incidents of this. What are you thinking? It's a very complicated issue. Uh, it, it, it from you know whether we're, we're what message we're trying to send young people as far as their gender identity uh, to the fact that if you've got say a male on a female basketball team um, that the a female who may be a rising star may not be able to get the scholarship that they might want because of this issue. So it's really complex. It's got a whole lot of moving parts to it. But if you look at the end. CAA. Mm -hmm. They have rules on this. You can't just be a straight up man and say, well, I'm a woman and play in, mm -hmm. in collegiate sports. You have to be on a hormone doctor prescribed mm -hmm. hormone regimen for up to a year mm -hmm. before you can qualify to play. I mean, what I don't understand is why do we need a law for this? Why don't we go to the, the athletic That's association? It's real simple. It's an election year. Yeah. That's the... Because Chris Pringle sponsored it. He's running for exactly. District 1 that, in the U.S. Congress. We haven't had any incidents. We hasn't even been talked about in the state. And now all of a sudden we've got this hot bill. It's because there's an election coming up. I okay. mean, it's literally it's a simple. small attack on the LGBTQ community is what it is. Yeah. I mean, you're coming after the children, you know, who are already faced with, like, a tiny, you know, life crisis. They're trying to figure themselves out, and sometimes it's cases of gender dysphoria. You know, they, it's actual medical things that go into it, and they just, I, I, I'm flabbergasted at it. Well, you know, what I was going to bring up is, you know, the, the High School Athletic Association. You know, just like the NCA, they make their own rules. The High School Athletic Association makes their own rules. You know, I guess the question to me is, why do we need to put it into a bill? Now, maybe it could be um, to keep parents from suing the high school athletic association, you know, uh, for discrimination or whatever, because it, it, it's a law. And so they're just trying to follow the law. So we don't, we don't really know the reasoning behind it, except for maybe what Susan said. Well, you know, you can, that these bills are popping up all across the nation in red states. Sounds to me like it's coordinated to some degree. I would agree. Now, another place, another bill, which uh, is much more complicated and if we can break it down simply, it's going to be tough. But uh, Wes Allen introduced a bill that says that any doctor who prescribes hormones or other medication mm -hmm. for uh, transgender youth before they turn 19 could face up to 10 years in prison, Susan. Right. Now, where this comes from is that Children across the nation, there are not a lot of them, but there's some, are getting hormone treatments and also puberty-blocking treatments to match what their, well, the, the hormones to match what they, they perceive their gender to be. Now, I know all this is uncomfortable for some folks. Right. These are facts. Now, the puberty-blocking is so that they have time to mature to decide whether they're male or female. All this has to be done in consultation with their family, with their doctor, with a psychologist. And so what, Chris, uh, what Wes Allen wants to do is to have a law that says the doctors will, can be sentenced to 10 years in prison for offering these you know, it, 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 We're talking about 
we're not talking necessarily about a child that, that turns 14 and says, oh, I'm a girl, but I want to be a guy. A lot of times this is a medical condition that the doctors are treating. It's not just a choice issue. So you can't, you can't apply this, just like we were talking earlier with the three strikes law, you can't apply this universally throughout every situation. That's the way the legislatures like to do it. It's always going to fail. Charlie, you had something to say? I mean, the whole thing is, I, I don't even think the entire, the bill shouldn't, shouldn't even be in existence. I mean, gender dysphoria is a real thing. And sometimes kind of bouncing off of what Susan said, sometimes it's not always gender dysphoria. Sometimes people genuinely just feel a certain way and they choose to make this transition. And I don't think they should be punished for, for doing it. I tend to agree. I think this is between the doctor and the patient, the parent. Uh, West Allen said that he was shocked that this was going on in Alabama. I guess he doesn't know that the AMA, the uh, Academy of Pediatrics, uh, Association mm -hmm. of Pediatrics, uh, the American Academy of Pediatrics has all weighed in uh, that this is the right protocol right here. So our doctors are just following the protocol. Wes, you should probably check that out. Uh, anyway, we've got about a minute and a half. I want to do this. They're undoing the ethics laws, Jonathan, one bit at a time. Uh, Garland Grudger, Gudger has introduced legislation, passed out of committee in three and a half minutes. That would change the ethics law. Right now it says that if you are a lawmaker or a public employee, uh, you can't lobby if you leave your office or leave your position you can't lobby for two years that's right grudger gudger wants to change the law so that uh a state employee can come back from their job they just left and be hired as a lobbyist by that job or another state entity that's what keeps that's what keeps the swamp from regurgitating itself. It's having to take a two-year break. We're trying not to have a swamp in Montgomery, yeah. and I don't understand why they are doing this. I just because they don't like the laws that they themselves passed in 2010. They're having to abide by them, and they can't stand it. I'm just curious as to why specifically Gudger is the one doing this. He's been there for about three minutes, mm -hmm. and and I don't think he knows what he's doing. Uh, but he's getting pumped. <laughs> this is a bad bill because you're just chipping away at the ethics law. Okay, undoing the ethics law is the Republican way down here. All right, we'll be right back. We're going to look back and see about cooking dogs, not hot dogs. I'm Deontay Wilders. As the heavyweight champion of the world, it is very important to make sure that every punch I throw is thrown with purpose in order to make a difference in my fight. I feel the same way about decisions made in my home state of Alabama and our nation. That is why I'm registered to vote. I encourage you to register to vote and remember on election day to bring a valid photo ID to the polls. Let's make a difference. What are you doing today, babe? I thought I'd head down to the lake with the guys, do a little fishing. Of course, none of us will be wearing our seat belts. I'll lose control of the truck, wrap it around a tree, and kill us all. Okay. Drive safe, Alabama.
A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. The Energy Institute of Alabama promotes reliable, affordable, and clean energy to help grow our economy, create high-paying jobs, and build public support for Alabama's energy industry. The Energy Institute of Alabama is the best source of energy industry information and how it affects households across the state, from convenient energy production to alternative fuels to solar power and beyond. back to the V, the voice of Alabama politics. Jonathan, this past week, uh, the legislator, legislators passed a bill that looks very good on the surface, like so many things. It's a bill to rescue animals, specifically dogs, prim or primarily dogs, when they're left in vehicles. They're left in with the windows rolled up and so and so. It gives immun civil immunity to individuals or first responders who might break into the vehicle to rescue the dog. That all seems pretty logical and a good idea, right? Yeah, it's a great idea, except for what you said, that the bill contains that it, it the car has to be up to 99 degrees before internal it makes the internal temperature, which I don't know who it, at that point is not baking, you know, especially right. a little dog, you yeah. know, at 10, 20 pounds, you know, or less. I, I think that while they're trying to make a valiant effort, I, I think that it's kind of ridiculous to put it at 99 degrees. Because let me tell you, I've been in that situation before and I came extremely close to breaking someone's window and I don't care if they sue me. I really don't. You, so. you know, it's not like you, as a, as a citizen, that yes, I would break a window over a dog and then find the owner when I got you know, that right, yeah. Then there would be some civil yeah. uh, problems when I found the owner. But what are you going to do? Go up to the window and stick a thermometer in there? She said, "Who's supposed to know what the internal temperature right. is?" Because it's going to be hot to the touch. <laughs> That's it. It's hot to the touch. No, no, no. Okay. That's where you go get your little thermometer reader. You know, the little the gun with the laser. Oh, right. And you're like, we all keep those this. in our Hold on, little. Hold on, little doggy. Let me measure this. I mean, I'll be right back. I'll, I'll be right back. I By mean, the time you get back, it'll be dead. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the problem is this. I mean, I heard from veterinarians and uh, advocates for animals. And one of them, the subject line was, you love this, Charlie. Legislator okays bill to cook dog. So you literally cook your dog and that's okay. It's okay. That's okay. It's fine. All right. Well, there you go. I mean, well-intended bill, terrible execution. Because it's terrible. so typical. But it's, it, listen, it is a start, though. It is it's a start, a start but it's so typical. It, it, I, we understand it was written by a dog breeder who, you know, was hoping to set aside any liability for themselves. But who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's always, always, always something. Yeah. Always yep. somebody. All right. So this past week, uh, we, we released a poll that was conducted by the Republican House and Senate Caucus, Susan, that showed that of likely Republican voters, again, this is a Republican mm -hmm. poll, mm -hmm. likely Republican voters, around 34% <coughs> favor giving the Porch Band of Creek Indians a monopoly over gaming in exchange for five or for, for uh, $1 billion. Mm -hmm. So 34% are in favor of it. Mm -hmm. That means there must be a lot of people against it. Ah, uh, you say there, there's 70 plus percent, of course, against it. 
You've got, you know, and especially the interesting thing to me in this poll is where people were more against it than they were for it. And that's around the casinos themselves. Yeah. Hmm. The people that have had to deal with them these years are the most adamant against giving them a monopoly in the state. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that's well, very interesting. And Jonathan, it showed that <clears throat> of conser very conservative, somewhat conservative, moderate conservatives, none of them were positive. Yeah. Well, you know, and Republicans, while we are <coughs> capitalists and we, we do believe in capitalism and uh, we are not monopolists. And I don't think that anyone in the state wants a monopoly in anything, whether that be gaming or any business. And I think we just look at it and say, we don't want to hand a, a group of people all the rights to gaming f forever yeah. for, a, for a measly you know, a few hundred million dollars, which is what it ends That's up That's what being. it really right. ends up being. So, but again, yeah. I'm sorry, Charlie, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I actually have faith in, you know, you know, sometimes it wavers a little bit with the Alabama people, but I mean, actually, I, I have a little bit of hope that, you know, they realize that this will destroy so many opportunities for other businesses and other interests. And they're actually saying something about well, with, it. Well, with 60% of likely Republican voters against giving the monopoly, the chances are pretty slim. However, PCI keeps pushing at the state house to make this happen against a governor who, Susan, what's the governor's? 76.3% favorability. Favorability wow. among likely Republican votes. That's vote. really high. It is. It <coughs> it's is. Very, the only one polling higher is President Donald Trump at some 87% approval among. Sorry. Uh, I threw up a little in my mouth. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Uh, approval rating among Republican voters. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I mean, the, the, with her favorability, she wants her task force. Yep. And she's going to get her task force. Well, uh, the Steve Klaus, Representative Steve Klaus, has got 60-some co-sponsors to his lottery, paper lottery-only bill. So I don't know. I guess the, the, the governor's going to have to bring some power to bear. Uh, she's not shy about doing that. No, Drive we'll, through St. No. Clair County we'll after McClendon didn't vote for the gas tax and see how many potholes. <laughs> hey, McClendon's did. bill uh, polled at uh, the bill to block gaming interests from giving money to lawmakers. 90, no, 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 it's over 60% said, stop it. Stop. Wow, that's great. That's great. Yeah, that's great. So don't all do gaming interests. All yes. gaming interests just out of politics. All, and I'm all sure right. they'll be glad to hear it. Well, before we go, I want to talk about one last thing. There's an unusual race going on right now, and this is where Senator Cam Ward is running for the Alabama Supreme Court, Susan, against sitting incumbent Greg Shaw. Greg Shaw has been in the court system, either the Court of Appeals or the Supreme Court, since 2001. He is considered part of the do-nothing justices mm -hmm. that are letting the Mike Hubbards of this world languish and that, out in freedom. That may be exactly why Cam's running for the position. I, mean, I, think, I think he'd be great in the position. From what I understand, and I don't know Shaw personally, but he's not, he's known as really kind of a do-nothing justice. Yeah. Uh, but it would... Like you said, it's really unusual because you've got a Republican running against an incumbent Republican, which never happens. One, so they best know more than we know about this. One thing we know about Cam Ward, Jonathan, is that he is a man that cares about uh, criminal justice. Mm -hmm. He cares about law enforcement. He cares about the law. He has proven it time and again at, in the Senate where he has stood up for the right thing 
when it comes to criminal justice. He's, he has worked for quite a while on criminal justice reform, yeah. so uh, it's good to see. I don't really have a dog in that fight, but it is interesting, just like you said, that two Republicans, or that a Republican is running against an incumbent. That, that is, that's rare. Yeah. yeah, we'll see how it turns out, Charlie. Oh yes, I was just saying, I'm very excited that Cam's running. Okay, well, we're gonna have to leave it right there. You've been watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You watch us because we watch them.